man, it's days like today I wish I had an intro song, like, so I could just come in here singing. Or I wish YouTube wouldn't hate on me every time I try to play a little music to start off the podcast. Because, you know, I would come in here with that Gucci two times playing, right? Gucci two times. Say it, say it two times. Because I'm giving you two podcasts in a week. What is wrong with me? But when I have stuff that I want to talk about, I got to come on here and talk about it. And forgive me. I ain't got no tickers for y'all today. I honestly didn't think about them until just now. But I'll rattle off the topics that we got for you. So I'm going to open it up by talking about black people versus people of color. And I'm going to take that to get into some other things that I think are pressing issues within the black race. I'm going to talk about um, the song WAP. I'm going to go a little bit more in detail with that. Uh, just because of the responses to the song, honestly. Going to talk a little bit about how COVID's exposing the NCAA and talk about some wild fans in sports. But um, I guess I should introduce the podcast with Hey, 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 it's the Big Baby. And I'm back. I'm back by myself today. What's new? But uh, that's not a bad thing. I love to come on here and talk to you all. So, in light of recent events, I think the issue of black and what is black, people of color, race versus ethnicity, and all of that stuff has really become an issue that we've been talking about. And I think that the issue of black and a level of blackness is a problem that we're going to continue to fight within the black culture. But first, before we get into that, let's define what is black. So I looked it up because I didn't. Re- I wanted to see what the dictionary said that black is because I have an idea of what black is. But here's two definitions. Of or relating to any of the various populations having dark pigmentations of the skin. Fairly accurate because if you see somebody with skin like mine or lighter or darker, you know what I mean, heavily melanated skin, you go, But here's a bit more of a specific definition that I think crosses into the ethnic ethnic background of what black is. Of or relating to African-American people or their culture. And when you think about African-American people, right, we're talking about ADOS, right, African descendants of slaves. So Americans, black Americans like me, who trace their roots back to slaves. Okay, because there is a difference between me, an African-American, and somebody who may have been born in Africa and they came to America. Yes, they are African-American, but ethnically, they are a lot more African than I am, who ethnically, I am a bit more American just because of the amount of time that my family has spent in America, the tradition, the values, the culture that we actually have, okay? So I say that to say there is a difference between black people and people of color. And there is nothing wrong with black people identifying with people of color. But you have to understand that there is a distinction. okay? and I say that because you can be what? What color do you want to (laughs) pick? 
what race or ethnicity do you want to pick? Do you want to be a a person of Asian descent, a person of Latin descent? Okay, you are considered a person of color, but are you black? No, and I think it's unsafe for us to continually group minorities into one group. It goes white people and everybody else, right? And I, I don't think that's right because we all have our own different cultures. We all have our own different experiences. Experiences, And by putting these people together, putting us together all the time is problematic because it strips us, strips us of who we are. And for those of us who cannot accurately trace our our lineage okay we only <clears throat> excuse me for those of us who can't trace our lineage to our roots i think it is important for us to create a division not division in 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 actions right but a division to let other people know that hey we are different just because we are of color does not mean we are the same people so to use the term people of color to describe black people, are black people people of color? Absolutely. But are all people of color black? No. So be careful when you're using that term. Okay. And again, some of this comes because of the recent vice president's election. And I've seen people arguing back and forth about she's black. Well, no, she's not black because she's Jamaican and she's Indian. So she's not technically black. Well, is she? Sure, by definition. She is black because she has melanated skin. But is she of American black culture or African-American culture as the dictionary states it? And I'd say no. Are there similarities? Sure. But is the actual, is it actually the same? No, it's not. And because it's not the same, there has to be some difference in the way that we classify these things so that there isn't confusion amongst us. And a conversation I had last night that I actually need to finish, we talked about, well, black, the, 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 the race versus ethnicity thing. I think that's important. So let's define these words. Race, grouping humans based on shared physical or social qualities into categories generally um, observed as distinct by society. Excuse me, generally upheld as distinct by society. Pretty much where are you from? That's all it is. Like where are you from? Based on where you're from, your 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 people's country of origin is where your race is gonna is what your race is going to be. But let's get into ethnicity. The fact or state belonging to a social group that has common national or cultural tradition. And this is the big divide that we have here. This is the big thing that's important for us to discuss here because someone can have black skin but identify totally differently ethnically from someone like myself. You can be Nigerian, okay? You can be Jamaican. You can be Dominican, right? And people will see you as black when they look at you, but ethnically, ethnically you don't define yourself as just black. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is okay. But for us as African descendants of slaves, the only thing we can kind of ethnically identify is as black. So that causes confusion amongst people on the outside looking in. And it often causes confusion amongst all of us because we don't often see the differences 
in one another or see the differences in other people's cultures. And sometimes we use that to say, oh, no, I am not one of them. I am this. To you internally, yes, but to outside eyes, you're often seen as black. So for me, don't be black when it's convenient for you, but then choose your ethnicity when it's convenient for you then. Be who you are. Embrace both, but understand that if one's going to benefit you here, whatever you're going to be, be that, okay? Don't choose this. Don't say I'm not black until there's a benefit for black people because you have black skin. But also for people who see this, right, are dealing with these people because we talk about the black agenda. And I just want to say again, the black agenda is a farce. There cannot be a black agenda because is there an agenda for any other group of any other race of people? Is there? Because you can't say that what you're doing for me as a black person and my current status is the same thing as a black person who's living in Beverly Hills or a black person who's living in the slums. We have different desires. We have different needs. Do we experience some of the same types of issues, some of the same types of oppression? Absolutely. But to again, to group us as one person one agenda is just absolutely insane. We have to draw a line here. And again, it is not a hate line Say, oh, I don't like you because you're different from me, because you're a different kind of black. It's no, you are who you are. And I'm not going to water down what your experience is, what your culture is, because mine is different, but we share skin. Now think about this. We would never, ever group a Japanese, a Chinese, and a Korean together culturally. Never. Physically, they share characteristics. You see what I'm saying? You see where I'm going here? So we can't do the same for black people. We may share characteristics, the skin color, this grade of hair, but we do not share the same cultural experiences and those have to be acknowledged. And you know, I, I think this, 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 this issue that we're having with representation, okay, can we celebrate that we have the first person of color as a female person of color vice presidential candidate? Absolutely. Can we say, can we celebrate having the first black female um, vice presidential candidate? Absolutely. But are we celebrating the first African-American descendant of slave woman as a candidate? No, we can't because that's not what it is. Is it wrong to celebrate this? No. Are you wrong to have your questions about it? No, you can question it. You can look at someone's track record and say, oh, this person is not of us just because they look like us. It is okay to call that out. It is okay to be critical. But does the criticism that you leverage toward this person outweigh the benefits? Is this person actually somebody who can, who can be a voice of reason for our people? Have they shown the ability to do that? Then trust them. They don't have to look like us to help us, okay? Don't have to look like us to always represent us. It is okay at times to have people 
who are not you, who may have your interest at heart. But we just can't accept symbols. So what if we have somebody who looks like us doing things that we want to do? Are you providing a tangible, a tangible output for the people that you claim to represent? And guess what? Maybe this person does not even claim to represent black people. It's just looking to represent the country of America as a whole. That is well within that person's right because the country is just not black. The country just is not white. The country is a melting pot of different cultures, races, and ethnicities. And our top end politicians should, keyword should, look to represent the best interest of the country as a, as a whole. Now, getting into what the best interests of the country are, that's another conversation. Getting into what are the best interests for a specific group of people, that is another conversation. And if you, as, as I do feel, that your community is being misrepresented or underrepresented in politics, then that's when you have to take action. You have to hold those politicians accountable. You have to put their feet to the fire, whether it's writing letters, going to town halls, raising awareness to, of your issues, whether it is running yourself, finding candidates to run who will, represent, who will represent you, getting these people out of office. All of those are steps to creating the change that you want to see. But I will always say to you, despite Despite the problems that we have in our system, we cannot look to politics to change our to change our lives. We have to look to change our lives and then make the politics reflect the lives that we want. Because if you leave it up to a politician to make the best decisions for you, then you're never going to get there. If you're looking for the system to take care of you, a system that was not built for you to succeed, then you have failed yourself. You must find ways to circumvent the system to get the success that you're looking for. And yes, it may be more difficult. Yes, there may be more hurdles, but that's the cost that you have to pay to get there. And do symbols of our race representing us help us out? Absolutely. Because it can help change the minds of people who may see us as lesser people and say, oh, wow, no, I had no idea that these type of people were capable of this. Shocking that people still think that way, but it's a thing. Wow, I didn't know this person could have this perspective. Absolutely, it's a thing. But let's not put all our eggs in the baskets of these people, man. They have batteries in their backs. They have people who are putting them in positions to be where they are. And if you're not one of those batteries in the back, then your agenda is going to go, is going to just go ignored, okay? The squeaky wheel gets the oil. The people who pay the money get what they want in return. So until we build an infrastructure that allows us to be more independent from the mainstream, we will not get the stuff that we're asking for. Now, I think that it was a strategic pick, by the way. I mean, because you you hit the people of color, you hit the, the woman, you get the law and order background, you get a, a seasoned senator. You get all of that. I think it's pretty strategic, and it's something that does not say, "Hey, we're radical over here," because a lot of people don't like radical. It's middle of the it's middle of the road. But back to what I spoke to a week ago, 
thinking that just because you support a party, you support a person, that they in turn are going to just turn around and give you exactly what you want or select people who look like you just, no, they're trying to win an election. And maybe it shouldn't be that way, but that's the way that it goes. So what do I want to go to? So I saw this, um, what was it? I saw a a tweet from Charlemagne the guy speaking to this whole thing here. Let me go to his page because I think it's important for, it's, it brings up an important topic to me. Here's what I do know. Whether you like Kamala or not, the current administration is going to unleash a disgusting and disrespectful attack on her, mainly because she is a black woman. We have to protect her and uplift her as much as possible throughout this campaign. The ancestors told me to post this, continue to question records, continue to demand policy commitments, but remember what we are up against. We've got work to do. So the end, I, I definitely agree with. Question records, absolutely, and demand policy commitments. I, damn a commitment. Demand policies. I want policies. Don't commit to doing nothing. All right? You can commit and decommit tomorrow. I want the policies. I won't be satisfied until I get the policies. I think that's important. But the idea that because this woman is black and a woman, she's going to get attacked. It's just, it's just, it's just a farce. Okay. It is, you are in a presidential campaign. You are running to, uh, to be the vice president. Guess what happens? They're going to unleash as much toxic dirt, muck, everything they can find sludge, all of that mud slinging just to make you seem less qualified. That's become the norm in political campaigns. Look at how in 2016, the Democrat Party tore themselves apart trying to stand out, that they raked all the mud they needed to for the Republican Party to take that and say, oh, man, we ain't even got to work hard to make you look bad because you've made yourselves look bad enough. That's a thing. So the idea of her being treated any worse because she's a black woman, I just think is totally false. But that takes me to this, this thing I've been seeing overwhelmingly on social media. And it's men, right? It's men who identify with feminist points just to get brownie points. And for me, it's like, bro, do you truly believe this? Or are you doing this so that, so that women will say, oh, my God, he's so in touch with us. Or, oh, my God, I like this guy. He's just so in touch with my needs. You know, he just gets us. He Like, look, man, do we as men need to be less masculine at times and more sympathetic and empathetic to the plight of women? Absolutely. But do we also need to make sure that we are objective in our in our um, evaluations of what we see. Yes, sometimes, you know what? I can just disagree with you because I have a different perspective in life. And guess what? Neither one of us are wrong. We're speaking from our experiences, okay? Some patriarchal things or, 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 or you know, some of that stuff is okay. It's okay sometimes. And some feminist things are okay sometimes. And some hyper-masculinity, some of that stuff is wrong. And guess what? Some femininity is wrong. Nothing is always right. Nothing is perfect. But the idea that now we as men have to identify with this hyper feminine movement is 
freaking crazy to me. It's like I can't tell a woman anything because I'm a man. I'm going to dive deeper into that a little bit later. But no, we we can have different views. We can have different takes and we can still be nice, respectful and great people. It is okay. We don't always have to be on the same page, but to men who are always looking to get the pat on the back, the nice little hug from the women who just by saying something that they like, you remind me of the guy who used to walk up to girls in high school like, so I can't get my hug today? So I can get my hug? Like, no, bro, be you. And I'm, again, I'm not, it's not, this is not woman bashing, okay? But it's bashing of punk ass men who are trying to paint themselves as somebody who is so in touch with the women. It's like, oh my God, I feel like a girl too. And if you feel that way, be one. But if you don't, just don't do it for brownie points because it's not cool. It's 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 two-faced. It's it's backdoor. It's like, hey man, what actually you know what that actually does to people? It gives them a false sense of trust of who you are, that they actually think that you are in tune with their needs and you're not. You're just using their needs to get closer to them. You know that guy. You know the guy who's like, oh, yeah, I know. It's okay, baby. Come here. Shoulder right here. Come crown his shoulder. Oh, yeah, just, 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 I got you on my chest. Uh, go ahead and put your head in my lap, baby. I got you. And what happens? Same, same boss. And another thing I've been seeing is, we have to protect her at all costs. Well, no, 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 we don't, okay? We don't have to protect Kamala at all costs, right? And the position that she's going to, black people, if you are saying that we have to protect her, we have to make sure she is protecting us because she has power. She has influence. And why should we put our necks out to protect somebody who may not be looking out for our best interests? Just because of the symbolism? No, that's a cracker crumb. What I tell y'all about cracker crumbs, you don't get full off cracker crumbs. I ain't met one person who's told me, man, I had this great meal today. I was like, what'd you eat? Oh, a bunch of cracker crumbs. I took a bunch of Ritz crackers, I crumbled them up, and I ate them. And I got full. And it was just delightful. Never heard that. We want the whole meal. So look here. The blind support of black people just because they share our skin. No, we can't do that. We have to ensure that they are creating policies, living a lifestyle, creating avenues for success for other black people. Am I wrong for asking that? If you want me to protect you, tick for tack, baby. I need something in return because if I'm going out on a limb to protect somebody and that does nothing for me, I don't know if I need to be doing it. Maybe. Maybe not. But again, the idea of a black agenda, total farce, total, total freaking farce. We all have different desires. We all have different needs. We're all in different, different situations. There are some general things that can be done to help black people, like, you know, any systemic oppression, teaching actual history, not fake history. But to lump all of this stuff in together as, as one is just irresponsible and disrespectful, honestly. So, man, you know that song, WAP. Yeah, so the feedback from that song has been wild, right? So let me speak to it from a couple of different lenses. Me, 
the lustful man that I can be at times? Love the video. Absolutely love the video. Can watch it over and over again and have watched it over and over again. But I think that some of the lyrics are scary. And guess what? I got a platform and I can talk about it. And before somebody says, well, you don't talk about the lyrics of these songs by me and all your stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry. Whatever. I'm not perfect. But the, the, the big thing is what I take away from it is that I keep hearing. So y'all have a problem with women owning their sexuality. No, I don't Me personally. You don't you're not a woman. You can't tell us anything. Well, well maybe not. But here's what I can talk to. I can say that, hey, I love a woman who owns her sexuality, but I also love a woman who privately owns her sexuality. Maybe I'm not into women who overly sexualize themselves in public. Maybe I want to keep something, you know, for imagination until we get behind closed doors. I don't think I'm wrong for having that preference. It's like, I don't think it's wrong for a woman to want to show off her body and wrong for men to like it or other women to like it for that, for that sake. I don't think anybody is wrong here. I just think we all have different preferences. And I think that we can have our own preferences and speak to it. But here's another issue that I have. When you start making the comparisons to, to gangster rap and street rap, right? It's like, hey, two wrongs don't make a right. So if somebody feels like these lyrics or this visual is inappropriate for a certain group of people, it's okay for them to feel that way. If they think that, if they think that you know, overly sexualizing women and, and just watering them down to just their vagina is a problem, people can have that issue. If somebody says, hey, I don't want my daughter listening to this because I want my daughter to be more, and your response is, well, Nikki got, I mean, Cardi got money, man got money. Okay, money's not everything. Money is not the ultimate, is not the ultimate uh, determinant of success for everybody. We all desire to have different things. And because of that, you know, we can, we can have different perspectives. So for you people who think that somebody can't criticize something that you do, you're wrong. Sometimes, excuse me, you need outside criticism and outside opinion to help you grow. And maybe that criticism starts a conversation amongst the two of you that helps both of you grow. Because guess what? These overly sexual women are trying to attract men, right? Or a partner, male, female partner, whatever it is they are. If somebody who may be interested in said individual says, hey, I don't like how you do this. Doesn't that answer a couple of questions like, okay, well, you're not for me. Or maybe I should change the way I'm moving to attract the type of person that I'm looking for. You know, there's a difference between switching up who you are and actually growing. And I think that we lose that so much because it's like, oh, you can't tell me what to do. No, no, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just giving commentary on what I see from you. And based on what I see from you, I'm not really liking what I see. And if you want to catch my eye, if you want to get my attention, these are the things that I like. Again, I'm not asking you to change yourself. No, 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 no. I'm just asking you to maybe consider, maybe consider doing things a little bit differently if that's who you are or, or, there, or if that's a part of your personality. Hey, I like to 
yell and curse for no reason a lot. But I don't do it all the time. And if I'm around somebody who I care about and that offends them, guess what? I don't use that type of language. Believe it or not, my mom hasn't heard me curse. Why? Because she doesn't like that type of language. So I don't use it around her. It's a thing. But I spoke to her briefly on, on the on the podcast that I did with, with Morgan. And some of those lyrics, like I said, they bothered me because it's like, I don't cook, I don't clean, but I still got the ring. Look, you are more than cooking and cleaning, woman. Yes, you are. But the idea of you saying that your vagina is the only thing that got you your relationship, I just think that's bad messaging, period. Especially for younger women to be like, oh, if I can do this well, then I can get what I... No. Go ahead and tell you as a man, if that's all you are, if you are nothing but a wet spot in friction, that's all you will be. And you'll find yourself still searching for that person that makes you whole or whatever it is that makes you whole because you will be treated like a wet spot in friction. And I find it funny that like we listen to people, we listen to celebrities about so much stuff, right? Like, oh, well, so-and-so did it, so it must work. How much turmoil have we seen from these two said artist relationships in publicly? So do they have it figured out? Are they relationship coaches? Are they relationship doctors? Do they have the most healthy relationships? I don't know. I'm not inside their relationship. But, hey, one had a husband with allegations of cheating and the other one got shot in the foot, allegedly, by their uh, partner. I don't think I'm taking relationship advice from you uh, all the way. I'll listen to some stuff you have to say. I'll consider it, but I don't know if I want to model my relationship self after you. That's just a thought, man. But we have to be careful listening to celebrities, man, because it's they, they're flawed individuals just like we are. They're just good at something entertaining. They just entertain us. Doesn't make them any smarter, any more capable, any more fu- any more functional as a human being. Maybe lesser than because they have less time to spend alone with themselves, with their loved ones, and the, everything they do is visible. So they can't even properly uh, digest what goes on in their day to day life because it's all being dissected by us. That's just a thought. So I'm going to transition to, um, oh, yeah, I'm going to start talking about clothes and fashion a little bit more on the pod. No, I do not profess to be a fashionista. No, I'm not the most stylish person in the world. But when stuff happens that I want to talk about, I'm just going to talk about it. Like the sneakers app. The sneakers app is the biggest load of bullshit going right now. I absolutely hate the sneakers app. And if anybody has gone on there for a hot release, they understand how I feel because the bots clog it up and you can barely get whatever pair of shoes you want. Now you got to go to StockX and spend all that damn money to get the darn shoes. Hey, Nike, why don't you make an app that can actually work and process my order at the time that I want my shoe? How come you can't figure out how to get rid of these fake accounts that are doing all this stuff just so people can get shoes? What about us loyal customers who want a pair of shoes? I just want one pair of white so I can sell them on StockX. Just one pair of Travis Scott something so I can sell them on StockX. That's all I want, Nike. 
But no, I got to wait in line for 30 minutes to not even get a damn pair of shoes. I'd rather just go stand in line at the store and risk getting to a brawl just to get some shoes. Well, during COVID times, you know, we can't be that close to one another. So, you know me, I won't be at the, at the stores. I'm really not waiting in line. But I know when these when all these Kobe 5s drop, Nike, y'all better not be holding us on these quantities. Y'all better drop plenty enough shoes so we can buy our Kobe's. And make sure that sneaker app got extra bandwidth for us to talk. Excuse me. So we can get our shoes. Okay, now I'm going to get into some sports topics because... I love sports. I'm going to be talking sports with Boink and Eric on Monday. We're going to be talking about the our playoff predictions, our award predictions, our all-bubble, and then some other funny stuff that we're going to talk about uh, moving forward in the NBA season. But before that, let's talk a little bit about what COVID is showing in the NCAA. COVID is pulling out all of the skeletons, really in pretty much every industry in the world. We're seeing the best of the best be great. The worst of the worst be terrible. We're seeing nice people be even more nice and charitable. And we're seeing some of the most callous, cruel people show their true colors. So if nothing, COVID has done a great job of exposing people in our society. And one institution that should not need to be exposed anymore for what it is or what it or what it fails to be is the NCAA, specifically NCAA football. Because guess what? It's a multi-billion dollar corporation, multi-billion dollar producing entity that does not have a single head, does not have a single decision maker. Part of me is okay with that because I think that with there being conferences, with there being geographical differences, with there being state schools versus private schools, having one person as the decision-making body there is problematic. But at the same time, the lack of, of, of I don't know, uniformity, the lack of anything of organization that's going on there is alarming to me. But I think that speaks to more of the dysfunction within the schools themselves the difference between the president, the athletic director, and the coach, and then the conferences, than the actual NCAA itself when it comes to football, okay? But here's what I propose, and all of this is not original. I took some of this from Cowherd, actually. I, I think that amateurism is an outdated idea. We should look at college sports as minor league sports that give you the opportunity to get a degree. I think we should just totally strip amateurism down because guess what? If you are a good enough eight or nine-year-old and you can monetize yourself, you should be allowed to do so. If you can do it in high school, you should be allowed to do it. If you can do it in college as a professional, no matter what age you are, if you have the ability to monetize yourself, you should be able to monetize yourself as an athlete. But unfortunately, the way the system is set up, that if you choose to monetize yourself, you lose your amateur status and can no longer play college sports, which is the minor leagues for especially football, basketball, and to a lesser degree, baseball. Okay, think about this, though. Football should be its own separate entity. I'll take that back. 
we should find a percentage of the overall athletic budget that a program creates. And if it hit, if it hits a certain mark, then that program should be allowed to become its own private entity from the school. They get to operate on their own schedule under their own set of rules because it is absolutely nuts that the football program carries an entire athletic program, a whole entire athletic department, excuse me, and now what? We're not going to have rowing this year. We're not going to have women's tennis. And then we get into the title what nine, title 10 stuff, where now you can't, you got to have as many women's sports as men's sports. But hey, the biggest man sports make all the money. And now we can't even play that sport. So we got to carry you on our backs all the time. And what? Just for y'all to exist, just for you to be an extended hobby. Now, I like the idea of extending scholarships to people who may not have the opportunity to pay to go to college just because the sport they play does not make money for the school. But at some point, why do we have these extracurricular activities that hemorrhage money from the school? If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense, right? So if your program does not bring in a certain level of money. Oh, well, bye-bye, no more scholarships, extracurricular activity, club, fund yourself. Or find a or find a booster, a donor to fund your program. But the school itself, uh, are we really going to take away from football? Not even take away from football, make you dependent upon the success of football. Maybe we should, maybe we should. I, I don't know. It kind of makes me think because the more I talk about it, it's like uh, just distribution of wealth, right? We should distribute some wealth for, for people who need it versus those who don't. But what this is also showing is that many of these schools can't participate in football because they can't afford testing. But um, think about all these nice facilities that these schools have. Think about all the money that they spend to go do this, that, and a third, and what does it amount to? Think of the money that they pay the coaches. Think of the money that the students aren't getting paid. Think of, the, oh, we got to get a new facility every so and so years to keep up. To keep up with who? Bama? You're still not going to keep up with Bama. You're still not going to keep up with Clemson. Oh, yeah, our coach isn't good enough, so we're going to fire him. But, yeah, his buyout is $8 million. So now we're in the hole. Or USC. They couldn't fire Clay Hilton if they wanted to. So I just think that this has exposed so much of the NCAA. I think we should get rid of amateurism. So that allows players to make money. It It's not going to clean it up. It's just going to make the stuff that's already happening not wrong. And then we should look at creating avenues for like uh, Alabama football and Duke basketball to not be beholden totally to producing and supplying funds for the entire athletic program at a college. Again, it's just a thought. Speaking of which, man, fans are going to be at NFL games this year. I promise you that. Y'all think that this, look, Jerry Jones came out and said a day or two ago that they plan on having fans at the, um, at Dallas Cowboy games, and I don't have a problem with it because here's what I think. 
Just like some of you have issues with the pat with with the ACC, the Big Twelve, and the SEC continuing to play uh, football as of now, we pick and choose what we're okay with. We go to restaurants. We can go to the grocery store. We've been able to go to the grocery store the entire time. I'm pretty sure that's a COVID hotbed. We can go to any restaurant that we want to. We can go to. We can go fly across the country in a tight airplane. We can go to the mall, but we can't go to a sporting event. So you mean to tell me we can't have a select number of people who are allowed in? We section off seating for people that include social distancing. You get tested on your way in. You mask up, so on and so forth, and you get in there. I'm not saying it's going to be open to the masses. It's probably going to be open to the elite people. But Jesus Christ, can we not have some type of crowds in here? Are we going to get rid of live entertainment? I think not. I told you a couple of weeks ago that the NFL was going to bring back fans and was going to bring back live events. And guess what? You heard my man Jerry Shownuff Jones, Jerry about business Jones, bringing back fans. There are going to be people at live events before the end of 2020. Bold prediction here. You know, and thinking about sports fans, and sometimes I think sports fans don't even deserve the opportunity to go to these games as much as it's a moneymaker because fans feel like they own players. They think that players should do what they want because they are a fan of the team. It's like, hey, man, if I don't want to play because of COVID concerns, if I want to opt out, I can do that. If I don't no longer like playing for this team, and I want to leave, guess what? I can do that because I'm well within my rights to do what I want because at the end of the day, I'm still a grown man making decisions for me and my family. So I saw this. Somebody sent me this. Posted by somebody in Adairsville, Georgia, in reference to Vic Beasley, a hometown product. Hey, Vic, when you are done being a crybaby athlete and realize you are throwing away an opportunity, we want your name removed from the sign. Plenty of veterans graduated from Adairsville High School and some have never made it back home. You aren't worthy to have your name above a Purple Heart Road sign and blasted around town. So pretty much what it is is Vic Beasley, he uh, got drafted top 10 by the Falcons and now plays for the Titans. He didn't show up to camp um, immediately. And apparently he uh, did not pass his physical and put on a non-football injury list. Not going to get into that because that's not important to where, where I'm going here. But his hometown where he's from has a sign of him saying, Welcome to Adairsville, home of Vic Beasley Jr. Why? Because the city is proud of him for what he's done and the way he's represented the city. And as somebody who grew up in Cartersville, which is right by Adairsville, has known him since, I don't know, seven so 20 years, he has been nothing but an exemplary representative of the Bartow County community. And I guess Adairsville is Purple Heart City. Had no idea. But for somebody to think that for whatever reason he didn't report to camp on time is a, re- is, is a reason for the city, the city not to be proud of him. For them to not have his name up is absolutely nuts. The, the, the thought of you saying that many veterans died and didn't return home. That is unfortunate. And many of those veterans chose to serve their country. And this is not to get into a a veteran thing, this, that, and the third, but here's something that we do in society. We like to pick on people who 
who may not have done the hardest, the quote unquote, most difficult. I don't even want to call it the hardest or most difficult thing because it's like doing the most honorable thing. Being a teacher is honorable. Serving your country is honorable. Being a first responder is honorable. But guess what? It's not the hardest thing to do in the world. Many people do it. It doesn't take exceptional to be one. And that's why they get paid the way they get paid. When you look at professional athletes, it's hard. It's hard to have the body. It's hard to have the mind. It's hard to have the work ethic. It's hard to have the opportunity to do that. So maybe you don't hold athletes in the same esteem as you hold veterans. That's fine. We can all rack and stack people's careers and and, and lifestyles in whatever order we choose to. But for you to feel like he no longer represents your city because he left, he didn't go to camp when you thought he should go to camp for whatever reason it is, is absolutely nuts. He doesn't owe you anything. Hell, he doesn't owe the city anything. All he does is owes himself first, then his loved ones, whatever they agree upon is respectable for, for, for him. At the end of the day, as long as he can look himself in the mirror and be happy with himself, that's all he owes anybody. And for fans to think that, that you owe them stuff is crazy. And it just shows you how little people think of you when you aren't doing something for them. Run fast, jump high, catch ball, and you're good. They love you for that. And then once they're done with you, they spit you out like so many coaches do, like so many people do. They love you until you're not doing anything for them, and then you become an afterthought. And this fan really showed his true co- – I shouldn't even call – I don't even call this person a fan. This man just showed his true colors of what athletes what and what people from his community truly mean to them. If they're not doing what you want them to do, then you have a problem with it. And that's just disgusting. All right. Let me see. Do I have anything else? Um, Last couple of things I want to get to. The Dame Dollar versus Paul George thing I thought was pretty interesting. Um, You know, Dame's talking and stuff because that's what athletes do. But here's what I didn't like about it. Don't take, don't talk noise and try to take the moral high road here. I don't want to hear about, excuse me, Paul George, you get into your injury and you just find a blessing to be out there. Okay, yeah, we got all of that. But the talk was about basketball and you are on the court. You are a top 15 player in the league right now. You were a top MVP candidate last year. So if Dane has something to say to you about basketball, keep it at basketball. Even if it goes to social media, keep it about basketball. But my issue with it going to social media is that other people get involved, right? You have Dame's sister who comments and starts speaking to Paul George's significant other, and that's totally out of bounds. I think there's no place for that. But, hey, I also think that the talk should stay on the court. Like, hey, the family, the personal stuff, keep it out of that because they have nothing to do with this because that's how you turn a – a basketball moment into a personal moment. When you make things personal, you, you don't know what how people may respond. I mean, because Paul could take that as Dame trying to say that, but him not really saying that, and his sister just going out on a limb and saying it herself, you know? We don't know. And so just keep it on the court. But I found it great, interesting. I love the old school back and forth, the, hey, I'm staying here with my team. You got to bounce around to get to be successful. I don't knock people for staying with their team. Just understand that you may not get the intended goal. It's like, hey, you might be really great at a terrible company. And you have the opportunity to go to a better company. 
sure, go. <laughs> I would. But at the same time, there's honor, there's respect and staying somewhere and trying to build that from the ground up. And then lastly, um, allowing fans into the bubble. I think people are overreacting to this because it came, it was reported earlier when they agreed upon the bubble that fans would be allowed or players would be able to have special guests in after the first round of the playoffs. I mean, what you want them to, want them to do, be down there for four months without any release? Like none? Come on now, you're around your teammates enough. It gets old. In order to keep these people sane, people have wives, people have kids. You know, people got friends they just want to be around. Let them have an outlet so that they can relax and get back uh, ready to play because people need their support systems. Imagine you going on a four to six month business trip and you're only around your coworkers. I bet you go insane because because those are the only people you're around, the only people that you see. And people who are in the military, they are aware that that is part of their lifestyle. It is something that they signed up for. But as a professional athlete, you don't sign up from being away from your support system for more than a month. So people who are overreacting to this, shut up. And the idea of, well, they're going to bring in women. So what? Maybe they want to be around women. Maybe they want to have sex. Maybe they just want somebody to talk to. There's nothing wrong with that. You're putting them at risk. Well, are you really? If the people have to go through have to go through um, through proper protocol, which is testing, either staying in the team facilities before they travel, or if they travel on their own, they have to quarantine for a week before they are allowed to even interact in the bubble. It's just like everything else. Stop overreacting. What I like to say: put the bottle down, big baby. Yeah.